let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Bless your name, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the word that you have already predestined for us to hear today. And all that are here today is it was not a haphazard. You meant for us all to be here today. You love us so much that you brought us together just to hear this word. Somebody somewhere is sitting by the iPad. Somebody's by the phone. Somebody's even by the computer looking at this, listening to what you have to say. I get out of the way and let you have the floor. In fact, we roll out the red carpet to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, speak to us today. Help them that they do not hear me, but they hear you, that they don't see me, but they see you. And we thank you for a relevant, applicable word for every situation in this building today and those that are viewing. We bless your name today. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Have your way in this place. Speak, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray that everyone say amen. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What an awesome God that we serve. And he's worthy to be praised this day. Thank you, Lord. ask everyone standing for the reading of God's holy word because God says in his word that the word is God and we recognize that today amen let's know if you have it just say I'm ready Matthew chapter 17 verse 14 says and when they were come to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying Lord have mercy on my son for he is lunatic and sore vexed oft times he falleth in the fire and oft into the water and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said O faithless and perverse generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him hither to me Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him the child was cured for that very hour from that very hour then came the disciples to Jesus apart privately and said why could not we cast him out Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief verily I say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain Remove hence to yonder place. It shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? This kind. Talking about the demon that was in the boy. He said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Let me read that again. He said, how be it this kind? goeth not out but by prayer and fasting the topic today is the power and authority of fasting you may be seated if you can the power and the authority of fasting as it has been already stated uh, this entire congregation this church 
is getting ready to begin our 21-day fast. And many have heard a lot about prayer, and many messages have been preached about prayer, but not about fasting. And fasting is reframing from food for a spiritual purpose, not dieting, but it's reframing from food for a spiritual purpose. We know that there's other benefits that come along with that. But it is a deliberate, a deliberate abstinence from physical gratification to achieve a spiritual goal. A denial of the flesh to gain a response from the spirit. A denial from the natural to gain and provoke the supernatural. So fasting brings you into a more intimate relationship with God. Hearing from God with more clarity and precision. How many of y'all want that? In the Bible, fasting occurred when there was an emotional burden. Not only that, just a few things that people fast for. One is healing. One is deliverance. And the Bible also shows where some fast for guidance, where some fast for certain needs. And not only that, there was a, a man in the Bible that God shows us in his word that fasted for a mate because he wanted to make sure he had the one God had sent to him. And he said, I will not eat until God sends me and shows me my wife. Amen. Powerful thing. Sometime today we just jump into it without knowing if is this the right one, is this the one that God called for me. But fasting is just that powerful. I know some of y'all want to know where that scripture is. <laughs> I'm going to make you look for it. Amen. Bless the Lord. And, and, and so when we look at fasting, we, there, there's four fasts, and we're adding one to it. Now, I'll tell you what that is. There's, there's four types of fast. One is a normal fast where you just drink water and also natural juices. And then there's another fast that's called the absolute fast, and when there's no food or water. And then there's another fast, what we call the Daniel fast, where there's certain foods omitted and mainly just eating vegetables and certain types of grains. And then there's what they call a rational fast and where you omit certain families of food. And then there's one that we're also doing uh, uh, that uh, we see now that many churches have to do now. The fast that the ch this church is going on with, we've given you an option, option of the normal fast and the Daniel fast, but there's an addition that we have added in that many churches see fit that need to be done now. And it is it's called a media fast because there's so many things on television and that, that's coming over the airways that's corrupting the spirit of man today. And so what we're doing during this fast is limiting to two hours per day with the exception of, the, of what's needed for work and, and, and what's needed for school purposes. Amen, somebody. And so it, it adds something to your spirituality. It helps build you up. And so when we, we say media, what we mean is omitting unhealthy and unprofitable media distractions for a period of time. 
And, and the scripture was just fitting uh, that Brother Henderson read today because that was one that I had meditated on during this particular message, Philippians 4 and 8. It says, think on these things. Those things that are pure, those things that are true, those things that, are, that they think that are of good report, amen, that we should be feeding ourselves with, Limit, limiting that type of entertainment that disrupts us, TV, Facebook, video games, internet, and such like. And so we know during this fast, we know it is a sacrifice, amen. God said for us to be a living sacrifice for him. And so it's a powerful thing. And I know sometimes during the fast, you have to fight from being cranky. You have to fight headaches. You have to fight hunger. But how bad do you want to get to know God more? Amen. And so this is a powerful thing that we're about to go into. Christ fasted 40 days that we see. Not only that, Moses fasted 40 days. Elijah fasted 40 days. Many of these. And it, it, it takes the power of God many times upon you to help you go a certain length like they did. But when God tells you to do a thing, he's already made way for it to be done. Amen. And so we thank God for this. And when we look into the background of this text, we see that Jesus was coming off of a mountain. And, 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 and when you study this, you understand it was the mount of what they call transfiguration. When he was coming down off of that mountain. And, and, and Moses and Elijah had just showed up and he, he spoke to them on the mountain when God allowed them to appear. And they're coming off the mountain just glowing uh, from this appearance that they've just seen. And when they came down, all of a sudden, they ran into a man that son was full and, and, and had, the, had the demon in him. And this demon was thrown him into the water and then the demon would throw him into the fire trying to get him in other words to really commit suicide but the little boy would just be walking and all of a sudden he just throw himself into the fire and then he threw himself into the water and 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 Jesus over in Mark chapter 9 where it also talks about this text he asked the father he said how long has he been like this and the father said since he was little since he was real small and that's why we have to guard our children. Because many times that there's children now that we see and we say, why is that kid so disruptive? Why is he cutting up like, why is he doing such evil things? And it could be a chance that there is a spirit, there's something on the inside that's got to come out. And so Jesus, when he began to talk to the man, the man told him, he said, look, he, he said, I went to your disciples. In other words, he said, you know, they've been hanging with you and they're supposed to be anointed. They should have been able to cast this thing out. But he said they could not do anything. And Jesus looked over at them because he knew he had taught them. And so Jesus said, how long do I have to put up with folk that don't believe? How long do I have to put up with a faithless generation? In other words, he said, I've taught you better than this. And he was letting them know that I'm not going to be with you much longer. You got to get this down and get it in your spirit. He said, I'm getting ready to go. He said, bring the boy to me. He brought the boy to him. Jesus cast the demon right out of the boy, sweatless. Just cast him right out. Just called him right out, just like that. Then the disciples, they pulled him, the 
side because I, I tell you, the disciples, they were frustrated, but they had been embarrassed. Because in the past, they could walk right up and do that too. And they said, why? Why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus began to let them know. He said, because of your unbelief. In other words, something has happened with you. He went on to tell them. He said, some come out with prayer, which is what you've been doing, and fasting, which is what you haven't been doing. Oh, come on, somebody. So, Jesus cast the demon right out. And they asked him the, the question in which puzzled them. Why could not we cast this demon out? Because the thing that was in the boy was doing on something on the outside that was because a spiritual problem on the inside. Begin to show up on the outside. See, sometimes we're, we're, we're messing and, and, and with the fruit and the symptoms when we need to be dealing with the root of the problem. So now Jesus comes on the scene. Now don't get me wrong. There's some things that are actually a physical condition. But there's many things that we're dealing with today. That's demonic. And so there's five fasting facts I want to give you that's going to help you on this journey because there is some power and authority that comes from fasting. So the first point I want to give you is simply this, and I want you all to hear me today. There are some things you cannot get done without fasting counseling won't do it rehab won't do it how many of y'all know some folks that's been to rehab and they've been to counseling and seem like they're worse because it's a deeper issue it's a deeper problem it's something that's got to be dealt with at the root somebody shout glory in here and so we have to understand that. The disciples loved God, but there was something that they were not doing where the problem came from. You got to get it at the root. I was listening to a man talk the other day, and, and he said, let me tell you something. He said 80% of the people that's in the psych ward is because of one or two things. 80% of them. He said some of them really have a chemical imbalance. He said, but the other 80% is one of two things. Is one is because of unforgiveness. Somebody have allowed something that they've held on the inside to drive them totally insane. They were so jealous of somebody that they couldn't let it go. Amen. And it just depressed them to the point where it messed up their mind. And the, and the other part of the 80 is because of simply demonic oppression. In the psych ward. 
you will be shocked at those that could come out if that root of that thing was poured out. And the thing about it is the one that said it, he, he, was, he was one of the doctors. He was the one that, that, one that actually had gone in there, but he had enough spirituality about him. He knew, he said, I can tell that right there. That, that, that's not a chemical imbalance right there. I mean, we, 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 we put the machines on you. We took x-rays and we don't see nothing. We don't see anything. But why? Because an x-ray machine won't pick up a demon. Oh, come on, somebody. So this little boy had been like that for a while and Jesus came on the scene. Disciples couldn't cast him out because there's certain things that people are dealing with what we call besetting sins. Besetting sin is a sin that you've had for a long time. It's any sin that can't, cannot be broken by the ordinary will. It takes the power of God to come in amen, and pull that thing off that person. It, that, that person, they've been trying to quit, but, they, but, but, they, but that, that thing that's, that's pulling them is stronger than their will. Be quiet because they had not built that spiritual man up strong enough to overcome the own will of their flesh. That's why Jesus was letting the disciples know. He said, let, look here, when he looked at him, he said, let, let, let me tell you something. He said, you know, how can you, when you can't even overcome the power of your belly, when you can't even fast and overcome the power of your belly, how will you be able to overcome the power of a demon? When you can't even overpower that. Some people, they go, they go a few hours of fasting and it just, it, it just eat them up. It tear them up. They round the corner and got a, got a pack of crackers. But he said, when you can't fight that, you can't fight your own belly. How, disciples, can you fight a demon? Oh, come on, somebody. So we see, because let me tell you, because there's power and authority that comes from fasting. The power gives you the ability amen, to, to overcome things that your flesh is pulling you to. And it gives you the power, amen, as you get more strength, amen, to pull away from that. The authority that you have is the relationship with God. It brings you closer to God. The closer you get to God, the more authority you have. That authority is what you use to call out a demon. That's why you do it sweatless in the name of Jesus by the authority that he has given to me. Come out. Oh, amen, somebody. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about in here? Amen. Some of y'all nervous right now, but amen. How many of y'all know, amen, what I'm talking about? So when you get closer with him and you build that relationship then he gives you authority why because he knows because that relationship has been built he said as you draw nigh to me I'll do what I'll draw nigh to you now I can trust you with more authority that's why when you take a man up to a level amen like, like my brother brother Smith because they can trust him amen with more authority they said we're gonna put another star on him because the more I can trust you the more power come on somebody I can give you the more authority I can give you. Touch your neighbor and say, can he trust you? Can he trust you? Good God of mine. So I got to be able to trust first you. to tr First, I got to be able to trust you to come to church. Come on, somebody. 
I got to trust you to pray. Amen. I got to be able to trust you. Amen. To be able to turn your plate down. I got to be able to trust you. Amen. To read your word. I got to be able to trust you. Amen. When nobody's looking, you will still keep your integrity. Come on, somebody. So we see that in the text, Jesus just cast them out sweatless. And so that's why the disciples, they took him to a private place and said, you know, why not? We've been able to do it before. Why couldn't we? Why couldn't we cast him out now? So Jesus began to go down the line and let him know, and he began to talk about faith. He began to talk about great faith, and he said, and in other words, he was telling them, you, your faith is too small. And when he said your unbelief, yeah, there's some faith you got, but your faith is too small because we begin to talk about, oh, ye of little faith, and we begin to talk about what, what's the difference between little faith and great faith. Well, I'm glad you asked. See, because little faith is this right here. God, I want you to do this, but if you don't, I'm okay. That's little faith. God, I need you to do this right here, but even if you don't, I got some money stashed away. Little faith says, you know, it's, you know sometimes, you know, little faith will believe the enemy. But great faith. Great faith is the faith that you have when you prayed for something, and it's the opposite of what you prayed for, what you're looking at. Great faith is when you have prayed to God. Great faith is when God said, go to the other side, amen, and you can sit, in, sit on the boat and sleep in a storm. Because great faith said, despite what it looks like, come on somebody, great faith said, the doctor said, my child is getting ready to die, but great faith will stand up and say, I still believe you. Oh, come on, somebody. Let the great faith folks shout glory up in here. I'm talking about somebody that's been through some stuff. Somebody that's been in something, went through it, and came out. See, great faith says, if you throw us in the furnace, God can, but it's up to him. But we still believe he can. Great faith says, throw me in the line then. That's all right. God's going to take care of me. Oh, come on, somebody. My God, my God, I'm about to shout on this thing myself. Oh, my God, my God. I want somebody to been through some stuff. Somebody might not even know about it, but give God some praise right now. Because you know, if it has not been for the Lord, I'm going to die. Oh! See, it makes me think about the testimony. Amen, the deacon Martin talked about the other night. You know, when the oldest boy was born, amen, the doctor said all this stuff was wrong with him. He going to have this. He going to have that. He won't be able to do this. And they begin to bust a move with God. Amen, they turned their place down for seven days. They said seven is a little more complete. They turned their place down and they brought it back. Brought it back to the doctor. And they couldn't find nothing. They begin to look to see. They said, bring him back in a couple more days. They looked again and couldn't see it. Bring him back in a couple more days. They looked again and couldn't see it. Bring him back. I tell you what, bring him back in six months. They brought him back. Bring him back in another year. You can't mess with God. Ain't it bad, somebody? God, my God, my God. High five, somebody say, ain't it bad, ain't it bad. 
can't mess with God. He's an unstoppable God. And he began to talk about that little faith. And so he began, Elder Fraser talked about, talk about the faith the size of a mustard seed. And I believe, I believe uh, Pastor Walton, it baffled the, the, the disciples a little bit because he began to talk about the faith the size of a mustard seed. So what in the world? You just got on us for having little faith. And then you backed up on us and put it back in drive talking about a, a mustard seed faith. It sounds like there's a contradiction here. But then it, it takes us back over to Matthew 13. I believe it's Matthew 13 and 13 when he say, said another parable that he put forward. He said, but if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he said, when you plant that seed, what he was trying to let them know, it said that this seed is the smallest seed in the garden. He said, but when you plant that little seed, the shell cracks open and a smaller seed on the inside is being, oh my God. When it opens up, that smaller seed is something, something internal happened in that smaller seed. And it said that seed, when it opens up and when you plant it in the right soil, come on somebody, it grows up to be the biggest tree in the garden. 